All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast. It's Thursday, December 24th. I feel like this date should mean something to me. Hmm. Um, is it anything except for a football podcast day? It's the 24th of December. There's no NBA, no, no NBA games today. There you go. I knew we were all for NBA. That's what it is. Happy Christmas Eve for those who celebrate. For those who don't, happy maybe holidays. As Screw you. Have you. Up. Maybe oh, at least, whoa, sorry. buddy. Hold on. I, I wasn't oh. sure. I didn't. Sorry. I, what, should we re-record that? I thought... <laughs> I thought we were going to be on the same page. Well, now I'm, off the, now, I'm off the, now I'm off the rails already. <laughs> They're not going to be able to recover. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Hopefully, if you don't celebrate, you at least get the day off. Um, we are going to be covering every game for Week 16 on the main slate here in NFL. DFSR.com. I'm Doug Norrie. That's James Davis. Forgot to do mm-hmm. the intros there. but went a little differently but that's okay it's it's the holiday podcast buddy we're allowed to just kind of you know do it in our do it in our stockings rather than in our suits oh, like that that was good i just came up with that um we are we have three games we have friday game uh at 4 30 christmas day it's a little rare that i don't they haven't typically kind of jammed a christmas day game in for the nfl but they did this this year san francisco arizona then there's um Oh, who are the other two games here? It's uh, Tampa Bay and Detroit on the Saturday, and then San Francisco. Oh, sorry, no, it's uh, it's Minnesota New Orleans on on Friday. Um, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, Detroit on Saturday, and then San Francisco, Arizona. Let's just get these quickly out of the way. We're not going to talk DFS in terms of betting because we are going to get into some bets that we like here. Betting system uh, been pretty solid over the over the last uh, probably like six weeks, I would say. Um, where do you anything that you like on getting in any value on any of these lines? These have line these lines have moved pretty considerably since open, at least on two of the games. Yeah, so I grabbed Minnesota plus seven uh, going up against the Saints. Our system. Likes that number, you know, up to almost 10 or 11. Like it's uh, it's really liking the Minnesota side here. Uh, and that's not even taking into account. It's basically assuming like a neutral performance at a quarterback. And what we saw last week from Breeze was anything but. So, you know, short week, how bad he looked last week. I think Minnesota plus seven looks like a good number. So that's that's probably my yeah, favorite. Yeah, I'm just going to read. I'm going to I'm going to read. I'm going to at least three. Yeah, jump in on something you said. You said up to minus ten. I, I just, it means I think you mean the other way. It's it's good. To I said plus, plus seven. I didn't say plus yeah. seven. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. So it's, it's good to plus. You know, sorry. Anyway, it's good. To, it's good to about plus five and a half. Anyway, oh, that's my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's okay. I've, I was reading that the reverse. Um, yep. yep. So definitely like the Vikings plus seven. Uh, we also bet Tampa Bay minus nine and a half against Detroit. Detroit, just one of those teams battling for the very worst defense on the entire year. Um, They've been a little bit, I don't know why, they've been a little bit overpriced in terms of betting markets by our system, basically on a week-in, week-out basis. So betting against Detroit has been a, a common theme for us. Uh, there's also you know, Stafford's lingering issues. they got skill position injuries. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be a buyer at Tampa Bay, nine, minus 9.5 too. And um, we we have sort of a projection on the San Francisco Arizona game, but it's not really worth it because they have a quarterback issues. So yeah, it's um, impossible for us to determine how the quarterback is going to change. Yeah, like not in a functional, yeah. not in a way that's that's entirely functional, considering it's the the important piece. So it's it, I think that I think that science is solvable. It's just that um, we tend to avoid those games just in general. Okay. Um, that, by the way, that science is solvable. I'm not sure, I'm not sure we're comfortable saying we've solved it yet. Is what I'm, that's, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Well, okay. So when it comes to new guys taking over. I think you're, especially when there's not a long track record, I actually think that most people are probably not capable of assessing this. Even, you know, your sports betting touts on Twitter and so on. Like, unless you have a decent sample size of how a guy performs in the NFL, you just don't know if a guy's going to be like Jalen Hurts and come in and be better than the previous guy, or if he's going to be someone, you know, like 
uh, Kendall Hinton. Well, in that case, you probably had a pretty good idea. But like, yeah. can anyone really definitively say what the difference between Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins and C.J. Bithard is? Bithard, no, probably not. B- and there's Bithard. actually it, yeah. it is it is interesting because there are certain situations where I mean this, we're going to get too far into this probably, but there are certain situations where a team is sort of proven that like the like San Francisco is an interesting example. Like they're like, okay, we're just so system dependent that. Make, it could be kind of anybody comes in here and is like a functional replacement for Jimmy G, let's say. But mm-hmm. then if we have a line, let's say like, let's say that our system already prefers a team over Detroit and then we learn that Stafford is out, then, um, and the line like hasn't moved that much, or excuse me, it, it, the line is set, um, the line is set with Stafford out, but then it still shows us in that in favor of the other team, then we, that, that's a situation where I feel very comfortable with. That makes yeah, sense. That's right. like, like, so like once the line is set, after the after the quarterback change has already been enacted, and if we're still like if the if the if the number already said to bet the other the opponent, then I think that's that's the one situation where I'll feel comfortable with it. Yep, okay, I like that. Um, yeah, let's move into the. Uh, oh, sorry, we missed like, one more game. Miami and there's Miami and Las Vegas. It play, also mm. plays Saturday night. Um, let me just double check that one real quick because I didn't have that one. I think. I think yeah, this is a good it. example here. I think of exactly what you just discussed, where our system likes Miami against Vegas's baseline. And I know Mariota was frisky last week. At least he was until, you know, until he wasn't right. <laughs> basically against the Chargers. But uh, I don't think you could credibly look at that situation and assume that Mariota is going to be better than Carr was. And our system already liked Miami minus two and a half here quite by quite a lot, um, like mm-hmm. them up to like sort of minus six-ish range. And for that reason, that, that, that might be my favorite bet of these first four games. Carr is questionable. He did practice this week. It's unclear if he's going to play or not. I don't I, actually, for our purposes, I'm not sure um, it matters. Well, him point. playing injured is is fine too. You know, nothing. That's what I mean. That's what like I mean, it's yeah. all it's all gravy on top as far as our system is concerned. Our system says bring on Carr. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> like we'll take right. Miami regardless. And these are two teams. I mean, I guess Tua from Fitzpatrick was a pretty significant change for Miami, but mm-hmm. I think they're just as they're fine offensively under Tua. So yeah, I, I like the spot. All right, so a uh, little bit of a different podcast than we usually do in this game by game, but I thought it's material as we try to work some of this betting stuff uh, into uh, our discussion more and more uh, as we go along. Colts go in and play the Steelers. Uh, this game has a really low total at 45. It makes sense just because we have some pretty slow, defensively sound teams. Pittsburgh is, uh, I don't know, they, they've just had three of the worst weeks you can really imagine here. Um, you know, cap, uh, capped off last week by the just the dumpster dive they took against Cincinnati. Like go for it. Go to that Baltimore game where they squeaked out a win against Tracy McSorley and company. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's they, been a they tough had, run. They, that 10-0 had seemed sort of propped up on something that, you know, I know people wanted to make a you know, cases about the defense, but the offense has looked incre- in, you know, increasingly shaky. I think the defense is still, you know, sound here. But mm-hmm. from a DFS perspective, anything to like – uh, on either side of the ball, we saw T.Y. Hilton kind of get into it last week. Uh, with Jonathan Taylor continues to sort of, you know, he's it's basically two to one in terms of snap count uh, with him over Hines um, at this point with Wilkins out of the mix. Uh, but I'm not sure we want to run these guys into the Pittsburgh defense, even if their offense has struggled. Yeah, I honestly don't see a lot to love on either side of the ball here. I'm just going to cross off the Steelers for starters. The passing game just looked awful last week. Oh, the yeah. Colts have a solid defense. Um Connor looks like he's going to come back. He's quite cheap, but I don't know how you possibly trust it. Um, he wasn't very good when he was healthy. You know, Benny Snell is still lurking. He was somewhat effective actually last week uh, in spite of Pittsburgh losing. So I'm, I'm not going to play any Steelers going into this game. Um, and then on the cold side, the only guy I, I guess I'm really looking at 
is your best friend, Jonathan Taylor. You know, he went out and had touched the ball 21 times again last week. He was quite effective on those touches against Houston. Um, you know, scored a touchdown once again, had four catches. Do you see a path to playing him? I mean, we've talked about how running back looks pretty difficult this week. It is a tough matchup, obviously, but I don't know. We've, we've Gio played Bernard, worse. Gio Bernard kind of handed it to the Steelers That's last what week, I'm saying. So, like, um, so maybe, this, maybe you know, there's some – Oh, I take it back. He touched the ball a lot, but he wasn't. He was, the yards per carry weren't very good. So, now nah, I don't think so. I think the Steeler team, you know, even for all their faults um, on offense, the defense is still the defense is still up there. And I will say, um, the they do still allow the fourth least opponents plays per game this season. Uh, mm-hmm. No, excuse me, fifth least. Uh, actually, Indianapolis is fourth. This is why this total is so low. By the way, this is just uh, this is this could be an offensive slog. I don't think from a DFS perspective, I'm all that interested yeah. uh, in what in what's going on here. All right, next game there is a lot to kind of unpack. Carolina goes in and plays Washington. This game is Washington minus one. All right, so Washington's situation now is kind of all over the place. Haskins was fined forty thousand dollars, but it does not look like he's going to be suspended from this game. So uh, I think we can I, I think we can start there and say Haskins. Uh, is going to play or he's available uh, at least right he's available right so okay so we'll have to see what that means uh, and then Alex Smith is sort of like working his way back maybe well this is my question right so like if Haskins is obviously available he will be the quarterback if Smith is ruled out but Smith hasn't been ruled out yet he's still working through this calf injury limited in practice on Wednesday I'm not sure how good reporting is going to be you know leading up to the weekend here so um but yeah, and will Smith start ahead of Haskins if they're both healthy? Haskins was, so. was pretty I good last so. week. But. No, I think he starts. I think between, between Smith already having been the starter and the context just around the week, I think if Smith is right. healthy, he plays. So that's that's number one. Okay. Second piece, Antonio Gibson actually came back and practiced with the toe injury uh, this week, which we spent time talking about J.D. McKissick. I think, let's talk about this one. If Gibson played, we'd have to just then take out McKissick as a cash game play. Correct? For sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So let's um, I think you need one. those extra carries. <laughs> McLaurin got a de- didn't practice on Wednesday. Um, so that's another mm-hmm. one we need to monitor. I'm not sure what happens with the passing game. I mean, they have some other like functional bodies, but it's been sort of the Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin show in the passing game yeah. when, it, when it comes to the targets. So maybe like if McLaurin didn't play, you feel a little better about McKissick. Like I'm just not exactly sure they have camps. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you go down the depth chart of wide receiver. I do think you can bump up Logan Thomas and, Man, probably not even McKissick. I don't know that McLaurin and McKissick are really sharing targets all that much, but I definitely think you can bump up Logan Thomas at least slightly. And Logan Thomas, you know, is already a good play as our as far as our system is concerned. So if, if uh, it's either would... Haskins or Smith, Logan Thomas is the cash game play at tight end. So I think that, yeah, like agreed. I think we can I think we can say that's quarterback independent as long as it's not you know Taylor Heineke or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. The so I think that one's fair. And then I think that's it. So I think so. This, the overall point being, this is a situation we really need to monitor. There are a lot of moving parts for Washington. There's lots of guys that are sort of like questionable, in and out, not practicing. The rest of the week will tell the story here, um, and we'll just have to check back in. This is where you want to jump into our uh, members-only chat, dfsr.com slash deals, because we will be discussing all this stuff, myself, James, and our boy Chris Durrell, uh, covering all this stuff up and through the weekend. So um, this is just what – I'm just trying to get all the all – the, pieces out there so everyone knows uh, what to monitor on the Carolina side you know Washington defense 
continues to be uh, a damn good defense. They rank third overall in DVA this season. They're second against the pass because the pass rush has been um, very good. Is in the in the past we've wanted to talk you know talk ourselves into some of these Carolina receivers. Um, thankfully, increasingly week after week we've gotten we've talked ourselves out of those things. <laughs> um, Curtis Samuel did lead the team in targets last week. Then DJ Moore. Then Robbie Anderson, uh, Christian McCaffrey still on the shelf. So Mike Davis looks like he's going to get mo- most of the touches. But I'm not sure we want to run these guys into this defense. Probably not. And yeah, I, I think even in neutral matchups, we haven't really been excited about running them. Uh, they're also getting a little healthier. You know, there was COVID stuff at the wide receiver position that made us want to dabble early in the season. It seems like oddly, it's first of all not that great an offense, and there's too many mouths to feed in it. It almost reminds me of, like the Dallas wide receiver situation or something. And yeah, it's it's a stay away for me. Okay, uh, moving into uh, uh, I th- this one shows us having Carolina as a big favorite, but I actually I didn't bet this, and I think I have a note that I need to check why this is the case because I think there might be uh, something funky going on in the math here. Okay, um, Atlanta plays Casey. This game has a ton of fantasy um, you know, stuff going on. Casey started at minus eleven half is now down to 10.5, but the total's up to 54. So a little bit came up on the Atlanta side of the ball here. On yesterday's podcast, we talked about Levy and Bell as a pretty strong cash game play. Um, I'm still in that camp with no news. This is the old no news is good news, I think, on Levy and Bell. Look, if Mm Daryl Williams came out and um, was, like, the starter, I would feel concerned. Only up to a point, though. Like, if, like, we got to Sunday... And the first snap, he was in the backfield. I, I would say that's unfortunate, but I don't think it would be like a full game kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, uh, I think it's still probably not panic, although I'd probably be a little panicky. Well, listen, it, Williams touched the ball three times last week, right? Yeah. He carried three carries for five yards. Bell had 14 carries and a target. So unless something totally miraculous and random happened, Bell is going to be the guy. So I don't think you have anything to worry about, about Williams being out there for the first snap if we don't hear about it first. Um, so uh, after him, you know, we're getting to, we're up to peak pricing on, uh, on Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Do we? This is a good matchup against Atlanta. Their defense. Let me just check their defense. This is eh, their defense is like kind of middle of the pack. Um, they are worse against the pass. Nine, pass nineteen against the pass. And I believe their plays per game are pretty high. Um, yeah, yeah, they're like yeah, the bottom third in, in plays per game in the sense that they give up uh, a decent amount. Um, is this is a time to pay peak pricing on, on guys like Hill and Kelsey? Have we just finally reached our limit? We've been on the main slate Kelsey train basically every time they've been on there, and it's mostly worked out. But I'm just with Logan Thomas there. Maybe we just finally don't go all the way up, even though he's been one of the very best fantasy guys in football. They both have been. They're like two of the top skill position. I think they're two of the top five skill position guys in the season in terms of DraftKings. Uh, where do you land on these guys? Yeah, I gave my uh, Kelsey spiel yesterday. He's great if you can afford it. Uh, Hill, I, I am concerned about. He mispracticed on Wednesday uh, with his hamstring injury, which he, you know, they were showing him on the sidelines being treated yeah. for this uh, during Week 15. So, if he's at less than 100, percent that really lowers my interest in him quite considerably. I, I can't picture paying extra for a guy who could conceivably leave early. So, if he were to miss, I think then things get very interesting. Um, you know, like you can potentially go down the depth chart to someone like McCall Hardman. Uh, or Demarcus Robinson or something like that. But um, but right now, I'm monitoring that. Yeah, Hardman, nine targets last week. He was pretty bad on them, especially considering those targets are from Mahomes. But he's cheap enough that I think you could you could think about it. Um, yeah, so that, I think I would agree with you. that It's worth mentioning on the Tyreek Hill thing. He got hurt in-game and kept playing. 
So I don't know if they're just in a situation where it either got aggravated or they're just they're just like kind of treating it and just like want to kind of play it safe because he did pull up. He kind of pulled up with a hammy in the end zone on a on a an incomplete pass, but then he was able to sort of tough it out. On the Atlanta side, um, we talked about Calvin Ridley sort of at length yesterday, uh, seeing him as a cash game play. Maybe whether or not Julio Jones plays or not, the Julio, we might be nearing the end of the line here with the Julio thing. It's just been a season of just kind of injuries and not all that great production. Uh, uh, Excuse me, Ridley coming off a 14-target week. Uh, Russell Gage, 10 targets, though, was only able to convert half of them, five for, but did catch a touchdown, 568 and a touch. Um, and then the, I don't know what's happened to this run game. Like Todd Gurley is just absolutely, uh, he's just dust. He, he snapped the ball. He had 16 snaps. He had one carry for minus one yard last week. Um, <laughs> it seems like it's, it's now it's Ito Smith is in the Gurley place with Brian Hill behind him snapping two to one. Um, any other additional thoughts here? Like Gage, is he a cash game play? 10 targets are going to be playing catch up. It seems like, um, where, where do you stand here in Atlanta? I could think about Gage. Um, you just made me so nervous about Julio Jones because the last time you poured dirt on him, he went out there and had 137 receiving yards and two touchdowns against Minnesota. So now I'm I'm wondering if I should sneak Jones into some of my big tournament lineups if if he winds up playing. But yeah, he's been still basically working out on the side of practice, uh, not really involved. It'd be pretty surprising to me to see him suit up. If he does miss, then I can play Ridley. I don't think I'm going to play Ridley if Jones is available, just because again, I think Ridley's basically fairly priced, maybe slightly underpriced if Jones is out and probably slightly overpriced if Jones is in. And it's not a week where we have an abundance of value that lets us just grab, you know, whatever $8,700 receiver we need to find, right? So uh, I'd be a little bit concerned there. And yeah, I think Russell Gage is a cash game play, absolutely, if Jones were to miss. I mean, 25 targets over the last three weeks, not super efficient targets, got in the end zone twice though. So yeah, why not? Um, Cleveland goes in and plays the Jets. Cleveland is now 10-point road favorites against the Jets, who are coming off their Super Bowl, beating the Rams uh, to miss out on the Trevor Lawrence uh, sweepstakes, possibly, probably. Um, but at least I got the win, and uh, good for them for continuing to try, I suppose. Yeah. I, it is funny. I, I'll say, you know, I, there's so many fans out there like, oh, my God. It, sports are so weird because I get why, I get why you would root for your team to lose and why you'd be devastated that they won. But you also have the same complaints when your team rolls over and just plays dead for an entire season because it's not fun. So, like, it is – I mean, maybe this is, like, the one situation in football where you're not usually sweating out the second pick versus the sixth pick, right? But maybe this is, like, the one time where you, like, want to be bummed about it. But it is, it is a funny thing when a fan base is just absolutely demoralized because our team actually won a game. It's, like, one of the <laughs> like, – Yeah, just, well, so as a fan, I get it because you're like, oh, man, it would be nice if my team lost. Being demoralized about it, I find to be – a little bit silly because like if you put yourself in the shoes of the players and coaches unless they get an explicit mandate from on high like if i'm one of the jets players i'm definitely trying my best every single week right like i don't care if some team i probably won't even be on gets the first pick next year like i just want to continue to have this career where the average lifespan is like three years and if i'm still healthy it's 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 a pretty silly instinct i think to lose your mind about your team winning so that's my feeling um, from a fantasy perspective, you know, Cleveland looks like they're going to kind of roll downhill in this game. We have one of the, we, we, te- we tend to gravitate toward running backs in situations like this. I'm not sure this is the spot. There's a, this is a weird one because we have a Chubb and Kareem Hunt sort of, you know, your turn, my turn sort of thing in mm-hmm. the backfield to start. And the Jets, you know, for as bad as they've been, it doesn't appear to be because of the run defense. The run defense is eighth overall this season, um, just so much significantly better than the pass game. So, we talked a little bit about Jarvis Landry yesterday. 
you know, what, you know, could we do you know, Kareem Hunt because he gets a few more targets in the past game? Give me your thoughts here in Cleveland. Feels like the spot to play some fantasy guys. Also, not sure we're getting a ton of value on it. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not going to play a $9,000 running back in a timeshare in Nick Chubb. And with Hunt, I'm not going to play his backup either. So I won't be touching either of those running backs. Jarvis Landry, I'm definitely intrigued by. I think the target share has been there. He's one of the last guys lurking in this sub $7,000 price range that actually you know, is a, a credible potential double-digit target threat. So uh, touchdowns in three of his last four games, averaging just under 10 targets in that time. It sounds like a pretty good resume for a $6,500 wide receiver. And uh, some easy matchups there, but some challenging ones too. So yeah, I, I could definitely play Landry here. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, Austin Hooper had six targets last week. Maybe you like to see him. He's in the, the mix cash. for us, yeah, but that's not, not, not in cash though. Yeah, not in cash. I think that there is some upside there, though, um, in terms of like just the touchdown receptions. If you if you feel like the you know Baker uh, is in an advantageous spot, I don't think I want to play Baker Mayfield either. Though we have targeted some of the passing game against the Jets this season, they just don't they just haven't signaled that they want to throw the ball enough. And the, so the volume the volume on Baker is just simply not there. Uh, in terms of a bet, let me just check down on this real fast. Oh yeah, we liked um, Cleveland heavy at minus nine and a half. I don't know if that line's moved or not, but I bet them pretty heavily, liking Cleveland up to minus thirteen, I believe. Yeah, yeah, the, up to 13, which feels uh, feels like a pretty good value at this point. I don't think the line ever gets there, but, um, yeah, this this seems like a pretty stark difference in, in where it lands. Okay, uh, Bengals go in and play the Texans. We have Tex- The Texans are minus 9 with a 46 over under right now. Um, you know, last week they got David Johnson back and Duke Johnson was out. We saw that he ended up, you know, even for all of his injuries this season, and he's had a few different ones, including a concussion that kept him out and some other stuff. Um, he did come right back and basically was uh, essentially an every down running back. Buddy Howe came in and got 10 snaps, but those were pretty inconsequential. David Johnson played 55 of the 69 snaps. If Duke Johnson, and, by the, and had eight carries, but had 11 targets. If Duke Johnson were to miss again, and I think he didn't, has not practiced as of right now. He has not, yep. Okay, so and he's probably trending toward not playing. Is David Johnson just like a clear cash game play for us? Um, can you trust? The, I, I mean, to, to me, it seems like he's now one of the few guys out there that's an every snap dude. Um, if and especially if Duke Johnson's out, is that enough to kind of roll him out in cash? The situation does feel pretty good here. You could think about it. It's gonna feel unusual. Um, I mean, the eleven targets last week were out of bounds, even when Duke has been hurt or in and out of games. Like that, I don't think that's anywhere near what we ought to expect from him. In an average week, you know, maybe something like six or seven targets would be more fair. But uh, and then the carries were still pretty troubling, right? Eight bad carries once again for 27 yards. He's just been a terrible ball carrier this year, right? I mean, just look down these game logs: 14 carries for 42 yards, uh, 10 for 44, 19 for 57. That's a lot of times carrying the ball to go a very short distance. So, yeah, I'm not like super bullish on David Johnson. Obviously, the matchup is quite good here. The game script rates to be quite good, but. Um, you know, I prefer some of the other guys we've discussed at the position instead. But, uh, yeah, obviously there's still plenty of upside. And, I'm, you know, if I'm wrong on the targets, things could go um, much better in his direction. But, like, are you convinced that he's a better play than Gio Bernard, who touched the ball infinity times last week in a very tough matchup against the Steelers? Like, you know, he's 700 less. Should we just be talking about Bernard instead? The nine-point favorite thing has me feeling like this. If I'm just trying to, if I'm, if I felt like they were sort of all things being equal in terms of opportunity, um, which I'm not even sure they are, because we were only a week away from Bernard just kind of like splitting snaps three ways between two to three other running backs, yeah. Maji P Ryan and stuff. Um, I think from that perspective, I'd be a little bit concerned. And then 
I just like the nine point favorite is just like that's gonna be the coin flip territory for me because it's just it, this is this is where running backs have in the past proven to like have much better opportunity. So I think if, mm-hmm. if I think if that's the if that's the part of the equation that we're wondering about, then I'm gonna go David Johnson here. I get that he hasn't been you know good, but I, I do believe that if they're if things are going correctly, he is the plan there. And Cincinnati, look, Cincinnati is still. Are they worse? Well, it's funny actually. Houston is a much worse defense. I don't know. Maybe it's closer than I thought. It's a, Cincinnati's twenty fifth in DVOA, seventeenth against the run. Houston is thirtieth in DVOA, 29th against the run. And maybe this. I don't hmm. know. Yeah, this is. Uh, this is maybe. Maybe it's closer. We're usually not here with running backs. I think. I think the two deciding things would be. I'm just going to trust the line, and I'm going to say that David Johnson has no one behind them, and we are only a game away from Geo having some other guys with him. Is that enough? Like I think that, from a yeah, that makes perspective. Sense. Yeah. Anything else uh, to see? We talked about Cooks and Kute um, in terms of the wide receivers. I don't know if we need to go back through that. You can go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. Cincinnati, they have Tyler Boyd and, and you know, T. Higgins, who have been functional in the past. Anything to like here on the Cincinnati side of the ball other than you know the aforementioned Gio Bernard? No, that's pretty much it. I, with the quarterback play, you can't touch the passing game. So I'm, uh, I'm looking on to the next one, Doug. All right, we have Giants go in and play the Ravens. Ravens still very much the AFC has gotten a little bit weird here. The these teams that have it's so, so funny. You have the the NFC East where the Giants are fighting for a playoff spot, and they are. I'm just checking the the, the final records here real quick. Um, so yeah, okay. So right now Baltimore's nine and five. Unclear if they're going to make the playoffs at this point. Like they kind of just do need to win <laughs> the, this game. Uh, on the opposite side, Giants five and nine. Um, very much also in the playoff hunt <laughs> because of the NFC East. <laughs> because, because of the NFC East. So this is, if, you know, if 2020 is the bizarro year, um, this one kind of encapsulates it. The um, on, on, Last week we trotted out Lamar Jackson pretty easily, you know, will, willingly in, term, in cash games. Uh, and I'm not sure we want to do the same thing again here against the Giants. He was fine. The Giants defense has been below average, but not great. Um, but are we just having a better value? Because here's the thing. We haven't talked about too many quarterbacks yet. We talked about a couple guys yesterday, but, you know, we're getting further down the list here, and we haven't really mentioned – you know, I, I should take it back. Uh, I, I, we never mentioned Deshaun Watson yeah, on, on the last game, and I, that was a mistake. So Deshaun Watson is a clear cash game play for us. We mm-hmm. had talked – if you didn't listen to the cash game podcast, um, we went, at, we went uh, into great detail about why Watson is a good play. So I kind of skipped over that in the last game. Apologies. Where, where do you stand with Lamar Jackson? Um much more willing to get out and run now. Definitely need to win this game. Seems like they should be in full control of the game. And we've seen that even when they're in full control, they kind of do keep their, their foot on the gas with Lamar. That's That was what happened last week. Uh, what, are your, what are your stance here on the Baltimore guys? Yeah, I, I certainly don't mind playing Jackson. You know, listen, part of the reason we played him against Jacksonville, I, I realized we played Jackson against Jacksonville. That's go. like his, his Ville, you know. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. That's a great observation. Really good one. <laughs> De- definitely, definitely keep it in the podcast. Uh, <laughs> that'll make it past that. It's go ahead, keep going. But it was the best possible matchup, is my point. And he was six hundred cheaper, so I don't know how excited you could be to play him at six hundred more against a significantly tougher defense. Listen, it's been pretty crazy with him over the last three weeks. It's been nice to see the carries have maintained, like basically starting with that Pittsburgh game in November. He's had double-digit or slightly under carries in every single game. He's got five rushing touchdowns in that time. So the running game is like fully on at this point. He's also got 22, 17, and 17 passing attempts in the last three weeks. Like, is he just like a, a you know, basically a slightly rich man's Jalen Hurts? Like, is he worse? I, I don't know. The passing is just not there 
at all. And I think that's at least got to be a little bit concerning as you start to push him back up towards all-time high prices. It hasn't mattered. You know, he's right, he's still produced these fantasy totals week in, week out. But I'm a little bit worried that if he's not the one getting the rushing touchdowns, let's say, that uh, the fly the fly is in the ointment at that point, and then we're we're not too happy with the play. Yeah, I mean, on the season, Lamar Jackson is uh, in total DraftKings points. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's tenth, right? Like he's just tenth overall. Um, he has one fewer mm-hmm. game than these, these other guys. It looks like. Um, so I, yeah, I just he missed that game with the yeah, COVID just, stuff. Yeah, let me do right. So let me just do average uh, average fantasy points. Um, I'll wait. Yeah, so he no, he's still he's in the same range. He's like seventh or, or ninth. I can't count. No, he's eighth. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I can't count. Um, he's eighth overall in average points per game. He's just not the guy that he was last year. Like, he's, you know, a little bit, you know, in terms of overall play, he's a little bit ahead of Tom Brady, right? He's, like, a little bit ahead of Ryan Tannehill. He's clearly behind Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and Rodgers and all these other guys. Like, he's just not the same dude. And so, but the problem is because the pricing and the ownership have remained decent on a week-to-week basis, like, you're not getting any value on his actual performance because – um, people are still willing to play them, rightfully, and it makes sense. And he started off at such a high price that it's going to be hard for that to trend down past in, into the into like the actual fair value. So when he's actually when he's getting an okay matchup at this point, you're not getting anything on it. And so I think that's what it is. And we've seen it, like we saw it even last week, where it's like, oh, you know, good, not great, and even in the best matchup, he was fine, right? But like it wasn't, you know, some of the like some of the performances we saw last year. What about mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, they have kind of just concentrated things a little bit more on J.K. Dobbins at this point. Played 35 of the 55 offensive snaps, 14 rush attempts. It looks like, you know, Mark Ingram, uh, I believe, was just fully out last week. Gus Edwards did get in there a little nine carries. Um, the targets are never really going to be there for the running backs. Do you like anything for the run game here, knowing that they're big home favorites? I don't know. I I know actually, what was Dobbins's ownership in cash last week? It was like twenty percent or something, right? Yeah, so, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, it was significant, and you know he winds up getting there basically on the back of the rushing touchdown. I still just think, again, in the best possible matchup, if you were kind of squinting and praying that he would punch in that touchdown in order to get there, I don't know how you can play it. I also think the presence of Jackson makes rushing touchdowns even more scarce on this team than they would be on a normal team. Throw in you know, the threat of a potential timeshare. I just don't think it comes together. Uh, I think Andrews is an interesting option as a kind of a pivot from some of the obvious tight end plays. He's still got great touchdown potential. You know, the potential is there for an eight or nine target game. But if Lamar is going to pass the ball 20 times, you know, it makes it makes it tough for anyone who catches the ball for a living to be a good DFS play. Yeah, uh, I'm, I agree with all that. And, it's, and on the Giants side, um, I don't think Daniel Jones is back this week. He might be practicing. I'm going to double check this. Um, Daniel Jones has sat out the last couple of weeks uh, with Colt McCoy under center. Uh, this defense, I think you can play Baltimore defense. I, I even if Jones is back, I think you can play Baltimore defense. Like I just don't know. Um, it, do, you have, do you have a note on Daniel Jones? Yeah, he's, he practiced this week. He supposedly looks a lot better. Um, he could be trending in the right direction for this game. It's nothing definitive just yet. I I agree with you that you can still play the Ravens D, uh, smashing them in the Giants here. If Jones is back, I think you can consider some of the ball catchers, like you know maybe Evan Ingram, in cash games. But if, obviously, if it's Colt McCoy, you have to stay as far away as possible. Yeah, uh, that sounds pretty reasonable to me. The Giants, de- the Giants' offense is just uh, is just pretty brutal. Chicago goes in and plays Jacksonville. We talked a lot about this game yesterday with a lot of different guys. So Jack- right now, Chicago has one of the highest totals on the week. They're we're coming in at twenty seven point two five. That's right in line with where teams like the Texans are, that Baltimore is um, a little bit less. 
than Cleveland, but they're, they're, this is a pretty high total, all things considered, and it makes sense. Jacksonville is just a bad defense. We've seen it week in and week out. Uh, Trubisky is a squint, and you can see it. DraftKings, cash game play to me. Um, I still prefer guys like Hertz, uh, guys like Watson in that group, but with DraftKings, you, if you're getting thirteen to $1,400 savings on, on Trubisky, I think you can do worse considering the matchup. We talked a lot about David Montgomery yesterday as being probably just a definitive cash game play on this slate. Um, he's essentially mm-hmm. in all of our lineups right now. I think he will be the chalk. He's been, he's had high ownership on a week to week basis. Uh, I don't think that's set to change. I, the price on, you know, the price on DraftKings is making you probably start to think about it about at seventy seven hundred. But he's been so good over the last five weeks that I just think that you 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 just you grin and bear. He also it. catches balls out of the backfield, which yeah. helps on DraftKings too. I think you're going to play him there. Um, and then finally, you uh, we have Allen Robinson, who's in a very good spot against Jacksonville's, I believe, league worst, yeah, league worst passing DVOA. So I think even there's a scenario where even stacking all three of those guys makes sense to me in cash. I don't think we'll end up doing it, but um, it wouldn't, you know, I don't think it would kill you if you did that. I think that has a really, really high floor. So anyway, any, any more thoughts on Chicago? I kind of just went on. I'm trying to just sum up what we talked about yesterday. Yeah, well, I think we like the Chicago offense. Uh, I think you you said it well. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Jacksonville, obviously not a super inspiring offense to target for DFS purposes with the quarterbacks moving around. Um, Robinson has said that he expects to play going into this weekend's game. Yeah, but the team said he wasn't playing. I know. So this is the tricky part. And so I don't know. Uh, they The coach says that they think he'll play it safe. So I don't know. It's it, This is a wait and see. We don't can't offer a whole lot of guidance. I don't think you would just plug and play whoever his backup winds up being. Dare Agunabale. Well, they're also talking about Divine Azigba um, as potential. (laughs) I think the last note was Divine Azigba would be the first two down back. And Dare Ogunbowale, I think I did it better than you, would be the the third down back. So, which is to say, it's a stay away. They're also huge underdogs. Robinson actually is one of these actually talented running backs that I think makes a difference over his backups. So, it's a stay away. But. Well, someone who's playing against Robinson in my season-long finals this week, I'm saying let's just play it safe, everybody. No reason. Let's yeah, he's young. You got a whole whole extra. career ahead of him. I will say this is more season-long. Is this the most can be just most? It's not even my team, but J- James Robinson. This is like absolute steal of the draft. Who stayed healthy all year, performed week in and week out for a bad team. Oh, I know. Though, it's like eight eight point underdog. It's like one of the very main reasons you're actually in the in the finals this week. Like, of course. Yeah. And now to just be like to have it not even have it possibly just not even be an injury to have it just be possible rest at like again i I'm, I'm all for the rest i'm not for injuries if you're if you're injured you know i want you to be healthy but if it's just a rest thing i just it, this is <laughs> it, it, it would be one of just the all-time brutal beats to like just get all the way there and then just be like he could have even played and they just decided not to so uh monitor that situation um i'm not sure where the passing game would you know they did bring Minshew back here uh i think conley caught a touchdown last week um let me just double check this line real quick yeah so uh lavisca chanel actually led the team in targets with six that they really weren't there it was like six five four three in terms like um chanel dj shark eifert conley conley caught the touchdown uh anything you like here on the jacksonville passing side no yeah, there you go. That was easy. Hey, one thing we actually skipped over, I forgot. Um, did we skip over the – did we talk about the – oh, no, we talked about – did we mention Le'Veon Bell? I can't remember. I'm, like, forgetting. Oh, yeah, maybe. Oh, we, we did? We mentioned okay. Le'Veon Bell. All right, my bad. I, Big I, time. I, yeah, okay. I got, uh, I got a little confused there. I was like, oh, I, think, I thought we just, like, totally <laughs> skipped over it, and I was going to go back. But um, that's what happens uh, nope. when you're – hey, look, when you're doing a podcast where you, when you, when you one take a game-by-game podcast, um, sometimes your brain's moving a little bit behind, and it's moving a little bit ahead, and that's just kind of – I have to do so. Sometimes yeah, this is one of those behind times. I got you. <laughs> doesn't happen all. Doesn't happen often, but it happens every once in a while. 
Denver goes in and plays the Chargers. Chargers three and a half point home favorites. I'm gonna tell you right now, we like the Chargers minus three and a half. Um, the that one, I we've been skipping over a few of these bets, but um, Chargers minus three and a half is definitely a line. That one feels like sort of wrong to me. Chargers are a little bit maligned by having some co- weird coaching stuff on the season where the numbers end up, uh, I think, looking a little bit worse. I, can I the, real quick, Denver? And Chargers have um, the same exact record. I know a little bit of this is the Kendall Hinton game, but Denver on the season is minus 120 point differential. That's third worst in the AFC. Like they they've been very very bad. Even if you yeah, backed, they're awful. Even if you backed out the Hinton game, they'd still be third worst in the AFC. So so that's just kind of where we stand uh, on the Broncos. Yeah, well, and people get excited because they had a few good games recently, played some good teams, tough. And this is the trap you fall into, I think, in football sometimes where especially betting football, since there's only one game a week, it's very easy to have this recency bias where you're like, Denver hasn't played a good game since November. You're like, yeah, that was two games. You know? right. <laughs> so like, you can't get too carried away. Like, are you going to go off the first game of the season last night and you know, say the Mavs are going to go winless in the NBA? No, of course not. But in the NFL, we fall into this constantly. So yeah, Denver truly stinks. Uh, the Chargers are better than them. I know they have the same record, but... Any betting line should reflect that the Chargers are better. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, um, we're still in the Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay um, timeshare. It was thirty-four to twenty-three. I know Gordon got there with the two touchdowns last week, but you just can't trust that one of these. I mean, well, short of one, I got my kid. It's Christmas Eve, buddy. Their kids are excited for Christmas. So if you get this in the background, <laughs> Is that I, got right? a, I got an ex- very excited Christmas kid in, in the background that simply will not understand Christmas that kid. Christmas kid. Yeah. She was like, you know what I'm going to do? Stand on the other side of this door in this one room. That, the only room we're working in, we've got lots of rooms in the house, but I'm going to stand on the side of this door and scream. That just for almost, COVID precautions. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, just and you know, <laughs> secrecy around Christmas. Anyway, um, real quick, the Denver, the Chargers are still a pretty bad defense. Where did we land on Noah Fant? 11 targets last week. Um, been yeah. one of the better pass catching tight ends in all of football this season. Um, could you could you stomach a Fant over Logan Thomas play or at least like a pivot there in terms of tight ends? Nah, I'm going to play Logan Thomas in cash games. I think Fant is a big tournament target. You know, he's got potential there. I mean, listen, this, this is the state of the position, which I understand, but this guy's got 7.8 fan tool points per game this season at $6,200. That is a terrible rate. Um, this is why at tight end, we're generally just spending as little as possible. Now, I will say with tight end, there is some volatility around opportunity. You know, guys can kind of spring up and become better options based on who's out and who the quarterback is and all that stuff. So Fant is definitely playable, but, you know, far from exciting here. All right, moving on to the Chargers. We've been wanting to play Chargers guys this season when the time is right. Um, sometimes you get the running back situation with it, you know, the injuries. Um, sometimes you, there's a wide receiver thing. So last week, uh, Austin, in terms of the running back opportunity, Austin Eckler and Kalen Blosh basically went two to one. Eckler to Balage. Uh, mm-hmm. Eckler ended up catching, rushing 13 times, did get four targets. Balage, no targets, just eight rushing attempts. Um, so talk to me about your, you know, your interest in Eckler. And then, well, let's also throw in the, injury stuff that we're monitoring on the charger side it looks like right now keenan allen is still not practiced um, yeah. i believe mike williams has not practiced either uh talk i think it feels like we can get away with something here in the chargers offense what are your thoughts or do we just need to kind of monitor the situation well yeah if keenan allen's out that's obviously a number of targets that can be redistributed i think you can look back to last week and see how the chargers handled that and get a pretty good idea uh, guys like jalen guyton um hunter henry if he plays he's also questionable with an illness right now so I believe that's a non-COVID related illness. So, you know, we're just going to have to keep an eye on it. Um, yeah, but there's no no definitive guidance we're going to be able to offer there. You mentioned the running game briefly. 
I can't imagine playing Austin Eckler this week, right? But Balazs is still just fully lurking. And in a game where theoretically the Chargers could have used Eckler's talents, he just gets just four targets and 13 carries. He's still been quite good on a per-touch basis, so he looks like pretty fresh to me. But I don't know. If, if you knew that you could get seven, potentially only 17 touches out of the guy, you couldn't consider playing him here, right? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's always like the target upside, but it hasn't really materialized. Yeah, it's a tournament play. If, yeah, if he gets exactly. 13 targets or whatever, then he could score 40 fantasy points. But that's exactly. You just what can't it count is. on him, buddy. You said it. You said it perfectly. We're gonna um, with yeah, like you said, with the wide receiver game, we're gonna wait here. There's a very good chance there's good there's a good cheap value on DraftKings here. So um, we'll, we'll we'll hopefully know leading. I mean, I really hope we know heading into one o'clock. That's always a little bit of a risk, but um, uh, that we're just gonna get these late game the late game injury notes. Um, but hopefully we have a definitive word on Keenan Allen specifically because I think we can redistribute those targets pretty um, pretty confidently at this point with the rest of the guys. And like I said, mm-hmm. minus three and a half. The Chargers might even go up to minus five with that, but I think we're probably stuck on minus three and a half, which is good. I think we're you know we're going to sit at minus three and a half here going forward. Eagles go in and play the Cowboys. Now I think this one got an early line because it's a public game with the Eagles. So because like the Cowboys right now start at minus one, but that line is fully flipped to Eagles minus two. Uh, going going into Dallas, I don't know. If that's like the Jalen Hurts effect, or if it's there's not there's no way it's a Zeke Elliott effect. So I'm not worried about that part of it. Um, what are your thoughts here on this game? Uh, how confident are we are are we betting this game? We had Dallas as like slight plus one favorites here, but uh, this is another one where you get some weird DAC stuff at the beginning of the year with our overall numbers. It's tough to fully translate it. It's a little hard to make heads or tails. And you get Jalen Hurts coming the other way, too. Exactly. What Jalen Hurts actually does for the team, one win, one loss. It's clear the offense has a spark. Um, He's incredibly inefficient when it comes to passing. You mentioned this yesterday about, like, we probably need to pump the brakes on his his fantasy upside just because the inefficiency is just not something that's easily sustainable from a quarterback. But he also, but there's very few quarterbacks that are going to average, you know, 14 carries a game or whatever he's done over the first two <laughs> over the right. first two weeks. So, uh, give me break down this game for me um, in terms of like just like where we stand on the on the betting side of it and what you want to do uh, at least to, for, to start for Philly, and then we can talk a little bit about Dallas. Yeah, I think this is a classic stay away on the betting side. I don't see how you know you could look at. I, I just don't see how anyone could credibly look at this and say, yeah, I have a sample size that I can trust here. You know, whether it's Hertz's production or what the Cowboys should look like, you know, with potentially Pollard, potentially Zeke, like there's a lot of, there's just a lot of moving parts. So I don't plan on betting either side of this game. And that's pretty much my, how I weigh in there. I will say Zeke is practicing right now. So, or at least in a limited fashion, that certainly takes the luster off of playing Tony Pollard. You're going to have to watch that. It's a 425 game. If you don't hear definitively that Zeke is out or active, you cannot speculate here because right. if you wind up jamming Tony Pollard and he's not exactly cheap anymore, he's still plenty cheap. Like you'll play him if he is the lead back, but if it's a speculative thing at all, he could get two carries if Zeke comes back. So I will not be playing Pollard unless I get definitive word. I nodded to this earlier on the Dallas side, but the passing game, it's just too many mouths to feed from too poor a chef. How about that? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what, we're keeping that's that. What I'm I'll feeling. tell you what, we're keeping that one in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to stay away from the Dallas passing games. Is what I'm trying to get at here. Yeah, look, we try to gallop out there and cash with along with a lot of other people. We're very cheap on DraftKings last week. Kind of luck box into a touchdown, but the targets really just you know aren't going to materialize. You're right. There's just too many guys. And by the way, it's not even like the good players are getting the are getting the targets. Like Cooper was fifth in targets last week. Um, you, know. you just can't say for sure, right? So. Yeah. 
It's just not a consistent situation. Um, final game on the slate here is, as he clicks back over to uh, Rams go in and play Seattle. Seattle went from a two-and-a-half-point favor to a one-and-a-half-point favor, probably on the heels of the Rams' loss to the Jets. Uh, embarrassing loss, no other way to put it. Um, if, uh, f- frankly, improbable loss. Probably one of the biggest. I didn't. I really never checked this. It's got to be one of the biggest upsets in the history of football. Right? I think like, they said it's been 25 years since a team yeah. that is that big an underdog won outright. So yes, it's that uh, is absolutely pretty insane. improbable. I would say. <laughs> I will say so. There tends to be sort of like overreaction time on this. Our line is really close. We have um, this game is, you know, Seattle minus what did I say it was uh, minus one and a half. It started at minus two and a half. We have this at right around minus one for Seattle and a little bit less. So this line looks pretty tight to me. We were able to get in on the, the Rams plus two and a half early. And so um, got good line movement on that one, uh, or she could get a good closing line value on that one. Um, might end up, if it, if it moves any more, I think we could probably be in a situation where we might be the, able to middle this one out too. So anyway, um, on the fantasy side, we trotted out Cam Akers along with the rest of the fantasy community last week into the Jets. He was bad, and now he's hurt, and he's out this week. Mm-hmm. Seattle's defense has not been very good this season. They Let's see where they rank. Yeah, they rank 20th overall in DVOA. Um, and I believe that their allowed pace is pretty high this season, but I'll double check that. Where do we stand? Yeah, they're actually yeah they're the they're the worst. They allow the most opponents plays per game this season. Seattle does. Where do we want to land here on the Rams running game? Because now we're it's it seems like it's Henderson and Brown. It does feel like we can get some maybe some value here. It was Malcolm Brown played 16 snaps last week. Henderson played seven. They both carried the ball one time. I'm not sure if there's any great determinations we can make there. Henderson was in favor, then he's out of favor. Like I don't really know what to make here, but it feels like it feels like people are probably going to sleep on the Rams here, especially after the last week. And I feel like there's probably got to be some upside here. Yeah, in the running game, I don't just don't think there might be upside. I'm not confident that anyone can tell you where it's going to come from. So it could be one of those guys. It could be Henderson. I think he's probably the favorite. Malcolm Brown has been pretty bad, but there is definitely buzz about you know a two to one kind of carry split. Neither of them is talented enough to turn that into exciting fantasy production in my mind, at least not on a consistent basis. So I don't picture myself playing anyone in that running game unless there's like further injury news. Like I guess there is some, you know, some potential that news comes across the wire that makes me want to do it. But uh, but for right now, I'm not planning on playing those guys. If you're in a shootout here and the running game is ineffective, I think the wide receivers have uh, a lot to like in Woods and Cup. Their weeks have not been all that great. And Woods has had a couple weeks in here. Cup has been, you know, pretty underwhelming. I think from a fantasy, excuse me, from a tournament perspective, um, I'm not going to play them in cash. But I do believe there's upside here, especially if they're trying to keep pace. Excuse me, with Seattle. Uh, and let's finish it off here with um, Russell Wilson and the, and the Seahawks. Where do you land here on a fantasy standpoint? It feels like we're Probably just in the middle. I take that back. Carson played 40 of the 57 snaps last week, 15 carries, six, or excuse me, three targets. Are we back to trusting him? And even if we were, would the Rams be the, the matchup we want to do it in? Yeah, that's a no. I don't picture myself running Carson out there. Like you said, the, the snaps are trending in the right direction, and they're still not exactly where you'd want to be. Thankfully, Carson's a lot cheaper than he's been uh, recently, but it's still not, I don't think, anything that you can – just jam into cash games against a Rams team with a top five defensive DVOA. So uh, the game script might be favorable, but it, it's potentially not. And I don't know, honestly, like both sides of the game here just seem really scary to me. I mean, because these two teams played, right? Uh, they've already played this season. No one was a good fantasy producer in those games. Like yeah. Cup 
Woods were both trash. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf were both trash. Like everyone, every DFS viable guy was bad when these two teams met last time. I think we have another enough options at other positions, both for safety and upside, that I'm just going to probably ignore this one altogether. Yep, I'm totally with you on that one. On that note, we are going to get out of here. DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started on our projection system powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab, Optimal Lineups, FanDuel, DraftKings, Football, NBA as we kick that season off. It's all covered on NHL when that when they hit the ice again. Uh, all covered under one subscription package. So go check it out. No better deal in the business. Gives you access to our members only chat room as well give it to someone as a gift for a holidays mm. there you go like just you know give nice. it. even if, if you're not going to use it gift it you know there's just there's multiple ways you can help us out um so dfsr.com slash deals buddy enjoy week 16 at football in the holiday as well peace